Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Cross the Brazos and Waco. Ride hard and I'll make it by dawn. Welcome to the Waco History Podcast. I'm Randy Lane, great-grandson of Waco architect Roy E. Lane. Over a hundred years ago, he designed the Alico Building, Hippodrome, and other well-known landmarks. My co-host, Dr. Stephen Sloan of Baylor's Oral History Institute, is helping me learn Waco's known and unknown stories. On this episode, Haunted Waco, Part 2. Creepy voices. There was one that told a keeper to get out and the whole building shook. On Episode 5, Brad Turner laid the groundwork by telling us some of Waco's most well-known supernatural stories. On this episode, paranormal investigator Cindy Little tells us about searching for ghosts in Waco. Crucifixes over the doors that kept falling off and lots of poltergeist activity. Things would be moving around and then the blinds would be flying up. They had like small fires that would start in their walls. Join us again on a trip into Waco's haunted past. All right, Randy. Well, this is a first, so you, you brought the talent this time. You, That's right. You, I did more work than usual. Yeah, you <laughs> booked the expert this time. So we're back here with the Waco History Podcast. But uh, Randy, who do we have with us today? We have Cindy Little here. I found her actually when we were recording the last podcast with Bradley T. Turner about Haunted Waco. So that's actually two podcasts ago. He mentioned you. And so I looked you up online and we communicated. What was interesting about Brad was he was like, I love telling these stories but I don't want to be the person to go find out if they're true or not. And you're the opposite, right? <laughs> I am. Well, I like I like both. I like the stories, but I, then I like to snoop around and, and investigate. <laughs> That's fun. First, kind of starting with your introduction, who are you and, and how did you get into this ghost hunting type of thing? Okay, I'm Cindy Little. I got into this about 10 years ago. I've always had an interest in it. I started reading ghost stories when I was a kid. And especially this one that really caught me, it was about now hold on here it was about jeff the talking mongoose okay i was like nine. Oh, that old story <laughs> yeah that old story anyway there's this cottage in somewhere in england in rural england and these people claim that they had a mongoose that talked to them that lived in their walls okay and so that was it that caught me and so <laughs> like i said i was nine <laughs> you know and you can still look up stories on jeff the talking mongoose the cottage isn't there anymore and they still speculate on whether it was a poltergeist or they were just making it up or, or whatever but i've always been interested in spooky stories and then fast forward to the like ghost hunter shows that came out they're so popular oh, a, a bit gosh. ago huh? yeah and so i started watching those and seeing the tech that they used and kind of how they did things and I thought oh, I could do that <laughs> and so long story short about let's see it's been a little over 10 years now I just started investigating places here in Waco so what brought you to Waco originally well a couple of things um, first of all I got accepted into Baylor's ed psych PhD program and they were you know, giving me a full scholarship and a stipend and all this and so I was basically getting paid to go to school and I thought 
All right. That's very nice. That's very nice. And then, of course, my husband's like, yeah, what am I going to do? <laughs> a really great job opened up for him at Brazos Electric, and he is their IT director. He's okay. still there. He directs their IT department. So everything just really came together well and um, came down here, and I went to school, and he went to work, and um, we just love it here in Waco. We've been here about 16 years now, and we just, we just really love it here. Okay, so... You're interested in ghosts, you're watching these ghost shows, and you see all this stuff. When is the first time you said, okay, I'm going to go try to do this? I heard a rumor about a haunted couch at the consignment store. (laughs) (laughs) I think I bought that couch. (laughs) I live over in Woodway. The consignment store, it's it's the one on Bosky and Highway 6. The haunted couch is still there if you care to visit. Wow. Yeah. Yes, is it, it is. Is it a sectional or is it a... Oh, it's an old granny couch. Old granny couch. It's not a, a pullout. No, no. Nothing fancy. Just some old granny couch with like a little flowered pattern on it. Looks like something you'd see in your grandma's house. So I heard a rumor about this and I thought, well, what the heck? I'm going to go down there and I'm going to check out this haunted couch. So I went down there and I asked the, the cashier about it and said, you know, I understand you have a haunted couch. Where's your haunted couch? Can I look at it? And they're like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes. Come look at it. You know, and you can come investigate it. And they got the like local TV station in there and like, oh my God. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't want this. But, you know, and so I set some cameras up and an audio recorder and then the TV people came out and then, oh, do you think the couch is haunted? And it's like, well, you know, I really didn't get any definite readings. Weird things happen around the couch, like my phone went dead and people's watches kind of go dead or or do weird things. And um, it was near their front counter and so they had to move the couch because their like their cashiering system kept crashing and wow so it was kind of weird you know and then some other people came in some other ghost hunter people later this is like years later and they took the cushions off something i didn't think to do and That's they, what everyone does with haunted couches you gotta yeah you gotta take the cushions <laughs> off and they they claimed i don't know this for certain but they claimed that there was like some spots that look kind of like blood and some Ooh. holes that look like bullet holes and and so it's it's there's a lot of lore building up around the couch and so that was my first that was my first case. So where did the couch come from? We don't know. <laughs> it just appeared one day. It <laughs> appeared one day. Well, you know, and yeah, they they could not tell me where the couch came from. Somebody came in and consigned it and then some people purchased it, took it home and their house started smelling like sulfur and their cupboards started flying open and their drawers started flying open and they took the couch back to the store and they said no we don't want the couch and so how long has it been in that store that was probably well about 11 years ago and so yeah people have offered to buy it for like two three thousand dollars and last i heard they just they don't want to sell it. I check in every once in a while just to see how the couch is behaving. And they said, oh, it's doing all right. You know, it hasn't misbehaved in a while. <laughs> wow. Okay, we got to get a picture of the couch That's great. For the, yeah. for the podcast page. <laughs> That'd you be awesome. do. Yeah. Go, yeah. yeah, the consignment furniture store on Bosky and Highway 6. It's in that shopping center. And they'll be happy to direct you to the haunted mm. couch. Do you still have, uh, like, the video that you did back in the day? I don't have any of my... Um, like investigation video because there's just I just didn't get anything it was just a whole night of a couch mm-hmm. and so when I, I don't get anything I just erase it but yeah there is on I don't know if it's on my it might be on my web page it might be on my Facebook page the TV interview okay 
mm-hmm. with with the couch. You started talking about this a little bit, but what are the tools of the trade? What do you use for these investigations? Oh, the gadgets? Yeah, what are, you, what are your gadgets that you have? <laughs> I saw some pictures yeah. on your Facebook yeah. page. Oh, yeah, there there's a bunch of them. Basically, first and foremost, if anybody tells you that they have a ghost detector, like a ghost detector app on their phone or whatever, that's a bunch of baloney there, you know, because we don't even know what ghosts are. You can't measure something. You can't define. No, there's no such thing as a, a ghost detector. But a lot of what I use and what other ghost hunters use are just things that measure the environment. And since we don't know what a ghost is, we're trying to figure out, okay, if somebody sees a, an apparition, what is going on in the environment? Is there anything different going on in the environment than normal? And mm-hmm. so I use digital audio recorders. I have a surveillance system. I have full. I have a full spectrum camera that records ultraviolet to infrared because the the thinking goes well. Maybe there might be something in some of these other spectrums more than the eye can more see. More than the eye can see. I've got regular cameras. I have an EMF reader, that's an electromagnetic field reader okay. that measures, you know, electromagnetic spikes in an environment. And so I use that a lot to rule things out. It's like, oh, if I were to come in here, I would use my EMF meter and I would go all around and I would be able to rule out all of your computers and all of this equipment because it would make it spike. Okay. And the reason for doing that is because sometimes when paranormal things happen, EMF, you will get EMF spikes. Mm. And mm. so you go, at least I try to go in and try to eliminate as much as possible in the natural environment. And if it's, if you have an environment where there's just a naturally high electromagnetic field, it can make people sick. And so it can make them dizzy and feeling like they're being watched and even can make some people hallucinate. And so if I'm able to go in there and find something like that, I can tell the people, hey, you know, you might want to get your electrical system checked or, you know, because this this could be what's making you feel kind of wonky. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else do I use? I, I have an. Oh, temperature readers, uh, like a surface temperature reader and ambient, because a lot of times there will be dramatic temperature fluctuations. Mm -hmm. You know, there'll be like what they're called cold spots. And so people will experience those and we try to measure those. I've got an all-in-one meter. It's an EDI meter. I love that thing. You just plug a little um, SD card in the top and it will record and put it in this nice little table you can open up in your computer. It records, let's see, um, air pressure, temperature, vibration, electromagnetic fields. So it's kind of this all-in-one thing that I can just set off to the side and and go out and, and do other things. It's all very scientific, it sounds like. Kinda. <laughs> I, I mean, it's all very, it's just very techy, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of technology. The one that I saw on your Facebook page that made me kind of laugh was the Xbox Connect. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Connect. Yeah, that's a new one. <laughs> and those, of course, were um, originally for Xbox and they came out shortly after the Wii, you know, the big Wii craze. And, you know, you're moving your body around to play the video game. Well, that was Xbox's shot at it and it just never took off. Later on, 
the ghost hunters discovered it. And, and basically what is going on is that you can set up your connect to a, a tablet and it will measure things in the environment, you know, and, and speed it back to you. It's hard to talk about without seeing it or showing it, but yeah. basically people register on the connect screen as like a little stick figure. And okay. so you're out there and you can kind of move around and it'll show a little stick figure over you. Well, what we're finding is that sometimes there will be stick figures that appear when nobody's there. Mm-hmm. And so I look at that and say, well, you know, that could be a software glitch. You know, that could be something that's just, it's just misreading or it's its reading that lamp over there. You know, it looks like a person. Well, those are easy fixes. You know, you can re- reboot it. You can move the lamp, et cetera. The interesting ones that I haven't gotten yet and I'm hoping to get are the ones that interact with you. And so you'll see the little phantom stick figure and, hey, can you wave at me? And then it'll wave. Or can you raise your right hand and then it'll raise its right hand? You know, can you reach out and hold my hand and it'll reach out and hold your hand? Has that happened to you? That has not. Oh. Not yet. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. But but I'm pretty excited about the Connect. We'll see. Okay. So, you know, we heard from Brad that Waco is a pretty creepy town Mm -hmm. in in the folklore that he's heard of, you know, in the past. Mm Is that the same experience for you as someone who's going to investigate these sort of places? How does Waco rate on the on the scale of like how creepy of a of a, <laughs> is its history and it's and really you know the creepy. ghosts? How active is it? You know it. It should be an easier question to answer than Do it is. Do you have an instrument to measure the creepiness? <laughs> the creepy factor. Yeah, 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 I need to invent yeah, one of yeah. those. <laughs> Gee, I love Waco, and I, and I mean, I don't get creeped out in these places. I'm I'm just more interested in them. I think the history is really interesting. But there are plenty of places that you know. Well, you talk to Brad. I mean, about all the places here in Waco that are supposedly haunted. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, are completely false. I mean, Witch's Castle, I hate to burst your bubble. Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> uh, not, no. 110% false. So you checked it out? I did. Well, actually, I didn't check it out. A retired surveyor made it really easy for me. There's an article, I want to say it's probably about a year or two old. It's not that old. Went in and just did extensive research on the area and the little house that used to be there. And it just used to be this kind of getaway for this family. And it eventually burned down. There was no creepy lady that was stalking children in the park or anything like that. He also found... There was at one time an African-American church with a cemetery in the area and a famous madam that was living in the area, but no ghosts, no witch. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So when we were talking beforehand, you were saying that, you know, usually around Halloween, you and Brad get get trotted out as the people who know about this sort of stuff. And you're probably tired of that. We're past that kind of creepy time of year. So I think maybe Mm -hmm. that's died down a little bit. If you were going to lay out some hot spots around town that you have personally investigated, Mm -hmm. kind of let's run through some of those and kind of the story behind them and, and your findings. Cameron Park. Cameron Park. And the Cameron Park Zoo. I'm a volunteer at the zoo and we have just started doing ghost walks out at the zoo. We did one in October and one in November. Oh, there's story after story after story at the Cameron Park Zoo, especially like in the Herpetarium. There's some keepers that won't even go into the Herpetarium offices at night because there are, there's glass, you know, and you see the animals through the glass and stuff. There's reflections that will 
walk behind you in the glass. There are creepy voices. There was one that told a keeper to get out and the whole building shook. And let's see what else. There's a, a man in black that will sometimes go into the aquarium and like watch the kids when they're on snoozes and then he'll go like down to the lemur deck and people have seen him down there sometimes there's like a green glowing light that comes on in one of the offices there's poltergeist activity in the offices this one guy one of the workers has a this hat collection and he has them all hanging up on the side of his his cubicle. And so he walked in one morning and his hats were all taken down and like perfectly stacked up. <laughs> and um, he looked over the top of his cubicle and could see someone walking across. And he went around to see who it was and nothing was there. So what's the thought behind why the zoo would be haunted? You know, the whole park hmm. is is haunted. Um, that you will, you know, Brad told you the stories, you know, about Jacob's Ladder yeah. and about Circle Point and Lover's Leap. And he told us Lover's Leap, but not the uh, Jacob's Ladder. I don't believe. No, he didn't tell us Jacob's Ladder. Oh, he did. Oh, it's Circle in his Point. book. Yeah. Oh, it's in his book. We only had so much time. You know, I know. Yeah. 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 Um, I have not formally investigated Circle Point or Jacob's Ladder. I've been out to Lover's Leap plenty, but. Yeah, Jacob's Ladder is, I guess, since the 1980s, there's been this ghost that grabs women on Jacob's Ladder. (laughs) So So, take it for what it is. So um, the zoo is very, very haunted, right? Yes, it Um, is. What investigations have you done there? Well, before the ghost walk, we did an investigation at the Herpetarium Mm -hmm. and the Lemur Deck and in one of the aquariums. And it was all pretty quiet. The strangest thing we heard in the Herpetarium was it sounded like a flute playing. Somebody was playing a phantom flute. And we learned later on that Camp MacArthur's band would practice out there. I don't know if there's a connection or not. And then we've gotten some EVPs. That's electronic voice phenomenon where you don't hear something with your ears, but if you've got a recorder on, the recorder will pick it up. And we're not exactly sure what's going on there, but they happen a lot. They happen all the time. And so we got, just on the last ghost walk, we got an EVP of a door opening up and somebody coughing. And my camera was trained on the door and the people, and there was no door opening and nobody coughed. So what that was, you know, we don't know. We haven't seen anything real super creepy out at the zoo, but there's plenty of stories. It seems to be the way it is. People have the stories, mm-hmm. but not the evidence to back it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to take you back. So you, the story on the couch. So, oh, yeah? yeah. Way and, back. And it seems like you, you get on television, so yeah. people know you're interested in this yeah. and you're doing this. And so I would imagine you begin to get calls. Yes. I'm interested in the first one <laughs> where you're like, wow. <laughs> so the couch wasn't a wow. In other words, you didn't discover... Oh. all these things about the couch. But I'm wondering the first one you went out on where you had this experience of really gathering some activity and kind of seeing. Okay, yeah. that actually has been very, very recent. Okay, good. Ooh. Because I have been, like I said, I've been doing this for you know over 10 years now. So in August, I went to something called Paranormal University out in Marlin at the Palace Theater and met some of the ghost hunters out there, and I'm working with them now, and we're doing more stuff. They were running this, It's kind, it was just kind of a ghost hunt and kind of an informational kind of a teaching time where people were invited in, and they were raising money to 
refurbish the theater. You know, it's a beautiful old theater. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, that sounds fun. You know, I'll go out there and meet these other people and see what's going on and da da da. And so we went out there. We had the informational time, and then we they have this basement in in the theater, and it's dim. It wasn't completely dark, but it was pretty dim. We also, you know, I had my EMF meter, and this was a good lesson to me in. I need to look up every once in a while because I got my tech and I'm always, you know, like this. <laughs> and so I've got my EMF meter and I'm looking around, nothing. One of the ghost hunter people had uh, dowsing rods. They're they're big into dowsing rods. I'm not, I can explain that or not, whatever. I just am not into that. Well, what is dowsing. it basically? Dowsing rods, basically, they use it like a divining device okay. where, you know, they'll start, if they believe a spirit is there, they're going to start asking the spirit questions, saying, is somebody here? Would somebody like to talk to us? Yes or no? These yes or no questions and the rods will point out or cross, point out or so cross. So it's like a Ouija board? They could be kind yes, of affecting it? same type of thing. I, I just say because of the ideomotor effect <laughs> where you could unconsciously be moving these things, mm-hmm. you know, I just... I'm like, no, it's just too big of a variable to ignore. So anyway, long story short, they're doing a divining rod session. I'm looking at my EMF meter. The divining rod is not picking anything up. My EMF meter is not picking anything up. This guy is over in the corner and he's got a mel meter, which records the electromagnetic fields and temperature at the same time. And he's, he's looking around. And so I look over there and I see this guy just standing behind him. And so I'm thinking, okay, it's just another guest. You know, he's just a, you know, about medium build, dark hair, light shirt, dark pants, you know, just, I thought, okay, he's just another guest. He steps out from behind the guy. And so I'm kind of watching him and he walks towards me and he vanishes. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm just like, oh my gosh. I just saw a ghost. And so I stop everybody. I'm like stopping the divining lady, you know, and I'm like, hey, 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 you know, I just saw this ghost. I just saw a ghost. And they're like, oh, where? Oh, my gosh. And so I was telling them about this experience, and, and I just thought it was really cool. They thought it was really cool, too. But the one thing that I learned is that that sighting, whatever that was that I saw, it didn't register on anything. Mm. You know, it didn't register with the lady doing the divining rods. It didn't register on my EMF or the guy's mail meter. And I mean, it was kind of a, it, to me, it was almost felt like a kind of a screw you moment, you know, <laughs> where it's, it's yeah. kind of like, you're trying to measure me, you're and trying you to won't. measure me and you won't. And, <laughs> and so it was, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't scary. It was just really cool. Mm. Um, and I just thought that is really neat to watch somebody just step out from behind another guy and just vanish into thin air. So, mm. so yeah, that was, that was my favorite moment. Was there any story behind, like, was there a man that was in that room at one point and died or used to roam the halls or something? Not that I have found yet. I okay. haven't had a chance to do a lot of research, historical research on the palace theater but i mean he looked thoroughly modern i mean he didn't look like some old tiny top hat and tails type guy i mean he just he looked like another guest and had he not just stepped out and vanished i would have thought he was just some other guy that was there interesting it was it was cool so what other places around have you been able to investigate let's see i've investigated the waco civic theater that was a lot of fun i didn't do an overnight investigation there but i did set up equipment and i thought it was interesting because i got a lot of people noises in the theater all night long you Mm. know footsteps 
people sitting in chairs and getting up, you know, just kind of these sounds of people in the in the theater. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And there's been a, a sighting of Bob Schmidt, who was really active in the theater there in the 70s and 80s, especially that people see his ghost in the audience from time to time. Mm, but no evidence of that I did not capture any any evidence of that no and um, we've uh, yeah I've investigated the zoo the Palace Theater in Marlin we've we've done a, a, a couple of investigations there now and these are the most recent ones and we have just been given access to the Falls Hotel which is also in Marlin and I mean it is it's amazing. I'd say that place is creepy. That's a creepy place. <laughs> yeah, it is a creepy place. And, but I mean, so, you know, and that's just very recent. And we just have gotten in for the first time and, and just kind of did an exploratory look around and didn't really get anything. But, you know, it's just so huge. I've also heard, I haven't followed up on this yet, but I've also heard that some of the historic houses in town have experienced some paranormal activity, but they kind of like to... They don't like to advertise that. Mm-hmm. I take my class. I have a class in the fall at MCC on paranormal investigating. I take them to the Dr. Pepper Museum for a field trip ghost hunt every class session. So um, that's a lot of fun. So we've been in the, the Dr. Pepper Museum a lot as well. So what, what are some of the sightings at the Dr. Pepper Museum? At the Dr. Pepper Museum, probably the, the most recent visual sighting is I had one of my students was sitting up in the theater area. This is on the third floor. She just likes to quietly sit and observe, which I think is great. She said that, you know, and there again, there's lights in there, but it's kind of dim. She said, I was sitting there and I saw a black mass, a black shadow break away from the dark and get up and walk across the front of the theater. So I thought that was that was really interesting. Is there any um, historical significance to the Dr. Pepper Museum that might lend to it? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know of a death or anything like that that's right. attached to it that that might be. I, I'm wondering, you know, what's, what's your dream get? I mean, what what place would you love to get access to, to to get into and spend a night in and oh, do a series of investigations of? Well, maybe we can help you on the yeah. Waco History Podcast. <laughs> well, uh, well um, I'm trying to think of, pl- I mean, I'm pretty much getting access to everywhere I want. The Alico building would be nice. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard lots of stories about the Alico building. Are there some recurring ones about the Alico that... Yeah, I, you know, the secure, I did talk to a security guard many years ago and he talked about the, the ghosts in the basement being polite and opening the doors for him. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Polite ghosts are nice. You know, it's kind of nice. You know, I, I just can't think of, of anywhere off the top of my head other than that, that I, I really haven't had an opportunity to have access to. Mm -hmm. Have you been to the Hippodrome? I have not been to the Hippodrome. The Hippodrome would be a lot of fun, but the other ghost hunting group, McLennan County Paranormal, they investigate the Hippodrome a lot. Mm. Not that there's like territory or anything, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, I figure, hey, they're, they're doing a lot of investigating at the Hippodrome and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't want to wear out these business owners who are gracious enough to let us kooky people in to to do investigations. <laughs> so have you noticed uh, either private owners or business owners, their attitudes towards this mm-hmm. change, even in the t- over the time that you've been doing it, as far as if they're open to it or not? Some are completely open to it, and some are completely closed. 
Yeah. There are a few, uh, you know, places I've been to here in Waco and there's like some that I'm going to be going to that they're like, yes, we, you can come in, but please don't mention who we are. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. Yeah. I mean, that's, who are they? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you, yeah. you know, and so I, I completely respect that because it, they, it tends to be very polarizing. You know, people are either over here going, no, no, no. Um, for example, um, one bar that I was in doing an investigation, they want to remain anonymous. They're downtown. Um, no, it's not Barnett's. Everybody asks me that. Is it Barnett's? No. Seems like it should be haunted. I know. I Well, I think it, there's some rumors around Barnett's, okay. but no, this wasn't Barnett's. They were, they were having some weird activity going on in the bar, you know, and they were afraid to go upstairs and they were, you know, hearing footsteps and they were seeing black masses floating around and they were hearing strange noises. And so I went in and did an investigation there. First of all, that was an actually kind of an interesting investigation because I was taking readings throughout the night. Right when I was packing up, the guy that was with me, one of the bar employees, he said, hey, can I see your EMF meter for a minute? You know, can I just walk around and see see if we get something, you know? And, And I'm saying, no, sure, you know, fine, go ahead. And he's like, well, was it supposed to be doing this? And so in the middle of the room that I had been taking readings in all evening, it just starts spiking and the spikes start moving around. It's like spike, 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 dead. And then you'd walk to a different spot and then spike, 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 dead. You know, it's like something was moving around in there. And so he turns around and he goes, oh my gosh, there's a black mass. And so he saw a black mass going out of the door and and down the down the stairways. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there's like energy that's causing this. There's like theories out there. And so what I told him is I did a little bit of historical research, saw pictures of the building that the bar is in, and it was very close, like uh, within a half a block of the R.T. Dennis Furniture Building that was like five stories high, and it pancaked all the floors during the tornado. tornado. And it was... Over 100 people died in that building. It was was just this horrible tragedy, and so this bar was very close. So where was this again? uh, Downtown Waco. Well, yeah, but like where is the where was the building? The R.T. Dennis building was across the street from the Alico building. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's There's a right marker there. there behind the Roosevelt. Yeah. Interesting. It's in that area. And so I said, you know, I, I looked back. I didn't see any anything strange or murders or whatever, you know, but I did see this. It was very close to this this tragedy and, you know, it was just horrible and there was rubble in the streets and bodies in the streets and, and you know, maybe some sort of energy stuck around. I don't know, but it's a possibility. Do you research before you go out, like who the, the ghosts may be that you're trying to talk with? So you can be like, Hey Frank. Yeah. How you doing? (laughs) You know, I, it it just depends. I mean, if I have, if I have time, I'll, I'll research before, you know, if not, you know, I'll, a lot of the researching after I do is to validate people's stories Mm. or to see if I can lend support to their to their stories you know for example a before example is uh, we're getting ready to investigate the LaSalle shops which is the antique mall out on on LaSalle Avenue and it used to be the Loop Hotel and so I did some historical research there and it was a hotel for 
a while and then it became homeless housing and it fell into disrepair pretty pretty quickly and so I said you know if walls could talk I imagine this this building would have some interesting things to say mm-hmm. afterwards um, this was a private resident I, I talked to a a gal who lived in now I, I can never pronounce this right is it De Leon De Leon it's the town I think it's De Leon De Leon yeah. De Leon okay she lived in an apartment in De Leon and she kept being visited by this saloon girl in her dreams and she would see her walking through the house and this is kind of gross but she didn't have a face she said she it was like her face was cut off and she thinks that's Mm. i know i know she thinks that's how she died you know is is this girl you know this ghost saloon girl Mm -hmm. without a face so i went to the carroll library at baylor which i love i can't say enough good things about them if you want to look up anything historical and you know, just did a little bit of research on downtown Deleon in the 1800s, on the, the, the streets, the maps, and and was able to find out that there were three saloons within a couple blocks of where her apartment oh. was. And while, you know, I can't say with any certainty that, oh, there was a saloon girl that was butchered, you know, it was a really rough town in the 1800s. It was a rough railroad town. Is it possible that a saloon girl may have gotten killed in or near your apartment or where your apartment is? Maybe, you know, it's it's not not possible. So, you know, I'll, I'll do that just to kind of see if I can figure something out to see if maybe what they're saying there, there might actually be something to it. Have you had these occasions where you, you gave the example of the Xbox box connect of kind of waving and have i mean Mm. i I know that's just an example of an interaction do you feel like in any of yours you've had those sort of interactions i have not i would love that Mm. you you know you talk about my dream place that's kind of my dream experience i mean that's uh, no matter where i'm at i would love to be able to see an apparition and interact with that apparition and that's just so extremely, extremely rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still looking, and I mean, that would be, to me, that'd be fascinating. What's mm-hmm. the typical way that ghost hunters try to get a apparition to interact with them? Uh, well, I, <laughs> that's a really good question. I mean, some of them will just ask questions. A lot of them use, you know, like um, divining materials, like the divining rods or... A ghost box, again, I don't use those, which is a, basically it's a modified radio that the the knob just goes back and forth really fast. So it's almost kind of white noise. And they, you know, believe that that enhances communication hmm. with, with an apparition. But there again, I mean, I think... You know, I talk to my students about pareidolia and our our brains like to make sense of of randomness. And and I don't use those for a very similar reason that I don't use the divining rods is it's like, you know, your brain is going to start making patterns out of these these random words that you're getting on the the radio. And it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, it said Mary, you know, Mary had a lamb. Oh, my goodness, you know. (laughs) And then so it's kind of like. Uh, it's just you have to be careful so they do that like I said in the divining and a lot of times they'll you know I'll do this occasionally just ask questions you know and it's like is anybody here does anybody want to say anything does anybody want to talk 
you know, just with an audio recorder or with your phone. That's what I tell people when I come in, you know, when they come into the ghost walks and just say, use your phone. See if you get anything weird on your phone. Just ask questions. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I figure, you know, I don't know that a ghost needs fancy boxes or whatnot to communicate through. (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that earlier. Like when you go on a ghost walk or with your students, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're probably already primed to like, oh, I'm going to see something. Mm -hmm. And in actuality, they're probably not going to see anything. And so do you kind of have that expectation when you go into these situations? Like, you know, I'm open to the experience, but I need to be able to measure it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And and I mean, I tell people that haven't been on a ghost hunt or on a ghost walk or anything like this, I say, it's a lot more like fishing. You know, (laughs) you're just going to be sitting there in the dark for a while and you may get something you probably won't. And that's how the TV shows, I love watching the TV shows. They're, they're great. And they're, they're so entertaining, but you know, you've got like nine, 10 hours worth of stuff all crammed into one hour, Right. you know, things are happening every two minutes. And so people, that's what a lot of people's heads are filled with that come on these ghost walks or these, these ghost hunts. That's what they're expecting. They're expecting to come into something that's more like a, you know, a haunted house, you know, a (laughs) a fake haunted house, you know, than just going in and being quiet and seeing what you see and hearing what you hear on a, you know, in an old building. Some people, they go in and they, they say, wow, this is really awesome. I want to keep doing this. This is so interesting. And other people, 10 minutes and they're out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just like, no, this isn't for me. You know, <laughs> this is boring. And so, yeah, it just really depends. It's interesting to see different people's reactions when they, they go into a ghost hunt for the first time. Have you done investigations of any of the historic cemeteries mm-hmm. in town? Can yeah. You, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah. Let's see. I haven't really gotten much. I mm. went to First Street, Oakwood. Now, you, you talk about my dream spot. Okay. Oakwood after hours. I mean, I have tried to get in there after hours and... They're like, no way, no, no, no. <laughs> so that would be really interesting to go out to Oakwood at night. So where is Oakwood exactly? It's off of Fifth and LaSalle. Okay. It's, yeah, it's just kind of, you You go down LaSalle and then you're going to, I think you make a, a ride on Fifth off of LaSalle. There's a marker for it. There's a historical marker. You haven't been to Oakwood? I haven't. And part of the reason for doing this podcast is that I don't really have a lot of history here and I'm okay. trying to learn about it. So... I can be the novice for people that are don't know as, as well. As soon as he knows everything, we have to stop the podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. There's a lot to know. Yeah. Have you been to Greenwood? Have you been to Greenwood Cemetery? Greenwood. That's the one that was just recently desegregated. That's right. Correct? Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. Um, yes, but not, not on a ghost Not an investigation, yeah. Been out to Patrick Cemetery and... I was out there with a couple of, of guys and one of them had a parabolic mic and one of the, the, what we got there was a vibrating headstone. We don't know why the, the headstone was vibrating, but mm. I thought that That's was That's what Brad was talking about, wasn't he? Yeah. He was talking about, head, yeah, he was talking about that. Yeah. Mm. Patrick Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's the, you know, the rumor of the little girl. Yeah. He told us that story. Yeah. And the rumor of the headstones moving around. And the one where you put your car in neutral and it 
it moves mm-hmm. one way or another. In Texas, they have a lot of those rumors, and they have a lot of those stories about the car and the and the handprints on the back if you put the baby powder on it. And and there again, a lot of times it's just an optical illusion. You you look like you're going down, but you're I mean you look like you're going up, but you're really going down. So going back to the vibrating headstone, mm-hmm. what does that look like exactly? Like. Can you feel it? Like, could you could you hold on to it and you could feel the vibrations? No, it was just the parabolic mic caught it. Okay, and parabolic mic for those who don't know is the one that's like three hundred and sixty degrees. Yeah, it's okay. it's got a big cone on it. Oh no! So it's, so it's the more exact like pinpoint type. Of yeah, thing. like yeah. NFL games, they have the thing on the sideline. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but there again, and that was it's a really nice little cemetery, and it was it was real peaceful. Nothing real crazy happened when we were out there. Have you ever heard of Cindy? Has someone ever said Cindy or get out of here? Or <laughs> No. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're, you know, as you hear things or interact with things, I was always, always had a preference for Casper over other sorts of ghosts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you, I mean, as far as a benevolent sort of presence or, I mean, have you had mm-hmm. experiences of both kind of uh, situations where you felt it was more of a, malevolent sort of presence and one that was more of a benevolent? Um, I have not felt anything malevolent. Okay. I cannot think of one instance where I have have felt anything malevolent. Even going into a a private residence, I've done some investigations in private residences where they had crucifixes over the doors that kept falling off and lots of poltergeist activity. Things would be moving around and the blinds would be flying up. They had like small fires that would start in their walls. It was crazy. (laughs) And a a black. That's here locally? Yes, that's here locally. A man in black that would come and walk down their hallway when the husband and wife were watching TV at night. And, and so, (laughs) and, and I mean, when I went in there with a, a, a team, I didn't experience anything like that, but one of the ghost hunters had her hair pulled. But even there, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, this is evil. This is so malevolent. I've just, I, you know, maybe I've just gotten lucky. I, I mean, I, I really haven't felt anything evil or malevolent. But I'm also, you know, I've taken classes in parapsychology through the Rhine, which um, used to be the Duke a university parapsychology lab. It's fascinating because people are wired up to experience these things differently. Yeah. Hmm. And and there have been labor, you know, I'm not going to go into detail on this, but there have been scientific laboratory tests done in universities like Duke, Princeton, Stanford about, you know, parapsychological abilities like clairvoyance, telepathy, psychokinesis, and these things have been shown in labs, in laboratory tests. So all to say is that people who tend to be a little more over here on this this side of where they're a little more telepathic or precognitive or retrocognitive where they can like, you know, read an old building and get a sense of what was happening there. I've never heard that term before, retrocognitive? Retrocognition, yes. Interesting. And a lot of times, you know, you'll get people that are ghost hunters that are, they call themselves sensitives and they can go in and they can read the building. It's, it's called psychometry. And they'll be able to sense the people. Like when we were at the falls there, we had a sensitive and she was in the ballroom. 
And she says, I don't sense anything bad here. I just sense people out on the floor dancing. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some people that are way over here that can go into these buildings and they can read these buildings and they, you know, have more experiences than people like me who I'm like way over here, (laughs) you know, and I, I don't tend to be real sensitive that way. I don't have those types of experiences very often. So it's always nice to pair up with people like that and Mm. to kind of get a variety of people that are kind of on that, I I don't know, psi spectrum, you know, Mm -hmm. that psychic spectrum. You're like the uh, scientific constant and they're like the, you know, the variable, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So it's, it's real interesting stuff. So they offer, you offer a class in this. I do. So people can take this class. I do. Very interesting. That sounds like something I want to do. Well, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Makes my classes sound really boring. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. I just can't imagine that you've never been scared. I know. I haven't, though. Not yet. I mean, at 3 a.m., mm-hmm. when you're in the dark at 3 a.m., are you usually by yourself on these? No. Okay, you don't you go never, by yourself. You, you never go by yourself. You never go alone. Okay. Well, why is that? That sounds like it's more fun, you know, more of a dare type of thing. Here's the deal. <laughs> A lot of times you're in a building that's dark and it's old and it's rickety and it's very easy to get hurt. And sometimes you have living individuals that are in the building that, you know, uh, you may not want to run into. Sometimes there will be, you know, people using drugs or, you know, it's, it's just, it's not smart because of physical danger. You know, you just don't want to. You don't want to go in there by yourself. You could fall down and hurt yourself, or there could be somebody there that might want to cause you harm. So, so no, never go alone. Never go alone. But I'm just thinking at 3 a.m. in the dark, mm-hmm. you're trying to be quiet. Mm-hmm. You have your instruments there, but you're sitting there and you imagine shapes on the... I mean, mm-hmm. you, you sound like you're working to keep to your instruments and what they're showing you, but mm-hmm. you also ha- you're also you have an imaginative mind and mm-hmm. we start to see shapes that take human form and we our mind starts to play tricks on us a little bit. I'm just, I'm just amazed that you've never been scared. It, it, I'm kind of scared and I'm yeah. sitting here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just... It, it's it's just fascinating to me. Maybe it's because, you know, I've been in place after place after place and I've heard story after story after story where nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets threatened. Some people might get spooked. I mean, I think of the, the zookeeper at the at the herp offices, you know, where it's like, get out. I mean, yeah, that, that'd be spooky. You know, I'd, I'd be spooked if I heard something like that. But I mean, no harm came to him. I don't know why. It's just something that I find really, really interesting. And as of yet, and I hope it continues this way, I just have not experienced anything that's just been like, oh my goodness, this is too scary. I can't do this anymore. Okay, so something interesting that Brad was saying, he was like, I don't understand why ghosts are so OCD. Like, they do the same thing (laughs) every night. Is this something that you've also witnessed in your experience? Do ghosts, like, do the same things? Like, if someone says, oh, yeah, every night at four, he moves the chair over to this side of the room. That'd be really awesome if that happened. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was that easy. I hear that all the time. I mean, and I hear with the, you know, the phantom footsteps are another one that you know, they will 
hear the footsteps at certain times. Yeah, there's a theory about that. It's it's called place memory. And this is, like I said, this is all super theoretical, mm-hmm. is that somehow the place records something in time. It records an event or it records, it can be a sound, a smell, someone walking. When the environment is favorable, it'll replay. So it's like interdimensional, not necessarily spiritual? It's basically, yeah, I I don't know. That's a good, (laughs) now you're getting way up there. (laughs) Um, Basically, it's uh, the way I describe it, it's like um, recording something on your DVR. I mean, Mm. it's more like a, a somehow the environment has recorded something. Battlefields. Um, you know, in Gettysburg, this this happens a lot where, you know, the people will hear cannon shot. They will hear soldiers screaming and crying. They will, you know, basically hear a battle. Not every day all the time or not every day at 3 p.m. That'd be really nice. <laughs> but just randomly. And I mean, if, if we could figure out how to turn on the recorder... I mean, that would go a long way, Yeah. but that happens a lot. Um, phantom smells, you know, a lot of times like a certain perfume or cigar. And, and like I said, a lot of them's the footsteps, the phantom footsteps. So yeah, that's really common. I, I remember Brad talking about that in the OCD ghosts. And I'm thinking those are, those are a uh, place memory, Brad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, like, I feel like the collective culture tries to say that, ghosts have like a mission like they were left behind because of some trauma or they didn't quite make it to heaven or something like that is that often accompany these investigations you go on like a story sometimes the psychics will offer a story and sometimes (laughs) uh the the residents a lot of times in the private residents you know they will they will offer a story and i can understand why they offer it because they can say it's grandma. You know, they recognize the ghost. You mm. know, it's grandma. She is walking out to the garden every day. She loves to garden. And so, and we think she's just sticking around because she wants to be near us and protect us. And she loved us. Mm. And it's always real positive. But the stories I take with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. unless I can verify them historically. Because there are some psychics that are are the the real deal. They're they're real genuine and and are real accurate. But there are a lot of them that I think think they're more accurate than they are. <laughs> no no offense to my psychic and sensitive friends, <laughs> um, but you I think you just have to be you have to be careful and you have to be willing to to verify. As for you know ghosts with a mission, honestly. I'm, that's kind of, to me, it's getting the cart before the horse. I'm not even sure what a ghost is yet. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's like. You've been doing it for a decade and you still don't know. And I don't know. <laughs> I have, it's weird. All I say is there's a lot of weird stuff going on. I've yep. experienced it. I've talked to lots of other people that have experienced it. So there's something going on and just trying to figure out what that is. Brad shared some stories of the Goatman and the Cameron Park Witch and, you know, the, the Lindsay Hollow, Lindsay Brothers mm-hmm. and Lindsay Hollow. Uh, I, I wonder if there's stories that are prominent of ghosts, particular ghosts, that might be worth chasing that are supposedly (laughs) (laughs) that that are supposed because brad's not going to chase them so uh, yeah that that you hear stories of in waco and these can be attached to 
you mentioned earlier with the civic theater, these can be attached to mm-hmm. uh, historic people that lived in town or if there's other stories that you hear regularly. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth, you know, snooping around Cameron Park and seeing if you can verify some of those stories. Looking around Oakwood Cemetery, I mean, one of the ghosts that's rumored to be hanging out there is W.C. Bran. He was a newspaper man in the early Waco history, and he was, he had a real acerbic tongue. It had a grand, spectacular way of dying. I, I won't go into that, but anyway. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of interested. It's, yeah. an, it's an episode. Who's gunned down? We got an episode. All right. We'll yeah. do that in another episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. It's a great story. <laughs> yeah. But there's a rumor that he haunts the cemetery, and you might be able to see his, his gravestone is by a tree near the front, you know, and you might be able to see him at times kind of leaning on his tree with a smirk on his face, you know. So that's worth looking at. Lindsay Hollow Road, I definitely think is worth looking at. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful tree-lined road, but you, you know, if you're going to go out there, you need to be careful. If you're walking around, you don't want to get hit by a car. But apparently, a lot of the houses that are along the road report a lot of paranormal activity. And of course, Brad talked about, I'm sure, the story about the Lindsay brothers mm-hmm. and and hearing the boot spurs, the jangle of the boot spurs. People still hear that. And so there's some strange stuff that goes on on Lindsay Hollow Road. And have you I'm, tried that? I have not investigated Lindsay okay. Hollow Road. I just haven't found a good spot to to stop and, and look around. But I keep hearing stories. It's a good one. I think we've answered the question, who are you going to call? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no proton packs or anything? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no you, containment services? You know, it was hilarious. I, our, our ghost walk at the zoo. One of our guests came dressed as a ghost hunter. It was nice. hilarious. Oh, I loved it. I was like, that is awesome. She had the proton pack and the jumpsuit, the whole deal. And she was like, she was ready to go. <laughs> this is really interesting. Yeah. So as you, and I'm really interested with, with the Falls Hotel as you mm-hmm. spend some time over there. I can hardly yeah. wait to, do, to yeah. have more time at the Falls Hotel. Yeah. Like I said, it was just so massive and I mean you've got nine floors and you've got a small group of people and I mean that's good I I mean you don't want too many people because then it gets noisy you know you're all trying to record things and you end up recording each other instead Mm -hmm. of anything aberrant but it's it's a really creepy cool old place Mm -hmm. one of the first Hilton hotels Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and I'm real interested and, and I don't know if we, we haven't been able to get in. I haven't been able to get into them yet. But there was a big boon in Marlin because a mineral spring was discovered there. And so this like healing waters of the spring of Marlin, there's apparently there's a tunnel that goes from the Falls Hotel where the swanky people would stay underneath to the spring so they could privately go to the springs so, so nobody would see them and so I, I really would love to get down into those tunnels yeah. if those are accessible yeah that would be interesting excellent well if people want to find you what's the best way for them to get a hold of you online stuff like that online yeah um, I would say Waco Ghosts all one word WacoGhosts.com that's my website and I'm on Facebook it's just Facebook front slash Waco ghosts all one word and I'm always checking things regularly and you know just message me or, or you know go through my website and you'll be able to get in touch with me 
and tell people about that about the class you teach because that's really interesting. I think people might want to take. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Um, we just wrapped up. You know, I usually teach a class. They're at MCC Continuing Education. Um, I usually teach a class in the fall and the spring. This spring, I am not going to be teaching one. I've got some personal things that are precluding that. But I hope to teach again in the fall. It's paranormal investigation. It's a six-week class. We go through, you know, the all, pretty much all that I've talked about here. You go through history, theories, tech, um, how to go on a on a ghost hunt, um, haunted places, and then we usually do a couple of field trips. And I always take my classes to the Dr. Pepper Museum, which is always a lot of fun. I'll probably be taking them to the Dr. Pepper Museum and the zoo in in the future. The one in the spring usually has even more field trips than that. It's a little more field trip heavy and a little less we're going to sit and listen to a lecture. And, <laughs> and a lot of people like that better. And if anybody who has access to your, your favorite spots you want to go is listening to this podcast, please let her in because we want to hear all the stories. Yay! Yeah, yes, right. please. <laughs> please let me in. All right, Cindy, thank you so much for coming on. I've yeah, learned thanks, a lot Cindy. and it was really fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Cross the Brazos and Waco Ride hard and I'll make it by dawn Thanks for listening to the Waco History Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes so we can reach more listeners. You can find show notes and info on every episode at wacohistorypodcast.com and more info on Waco's past at wacohistory.org. Our theme music, used with permission, is Cross the Brazos at Waco, performed by the late Billy Walker. For more info on Billy's music, go to billywalker.com. We'll see you next time. As he dropped the guns that she hated In the muddy Brazos below Cross the Brazos and wake home Ride hard and I'll make it by dawn Cross the Brazos and wake home I'll walk straight in old San Antonio Then the night came alive with gunfire He knew that at last it'd been found As the ranger's badge showed brightly El bandido lay on the ground Carmela knew he was dying That all of her dreams were in vain As she kissed his lips for the last time she heard him whisper again Cross the Brazos and Waco Ride hard and I'll make it by dawn Cross the Brazos and Waco I'm safe when I reach San Antonio I'm safe when I reach San